Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Life Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, and really, really excited to get into today's episode. This is with a very close friend of mine and a colleague. His name is Chris Dufay. And Chris is, he's like a super coach. He's a super coach, super entrepreneur, and just somebody that has devoted his life to peak performance in every area of his life. Me and Chris met each other this last summer in Bali, Indonesia, when we were both living out there. I was there for about six months. He was there for a number of years, and we were connected through a mutual friend of ours. In the moment him and I got together, literally within the first 30 seconds, we just dropped into a really powerful and personal conversation which led to a number of different podcasts that we did together. And we did this episode literally right after we did an hour plus um, interview for his podcast. And I highly recommend checking that out. Um, Go to the Chris Dufay podcast and look up Ronnie Landis if you wanna listen to that episode. Right when we were done with that, we switched over and then I interviewed him. And this conversation is incredible. I got to listen to this. Obviously, I listened to the podcast before I do the editing, and it was just super inspirational. I mean, this podcast is the ultimate conversation when it comes to personal development, psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. If you're an entrepreneur or you're thinking about going in that direction, then this podcast is going to serve you extremely well. We went into so many different topics and explored a lot of things that I think are going to be very, very fascinating no matter what walk of life you're coming from, no matter what your interest or your goals are in. We talk a lot about health, physical health, mental health. We got really deep into that. We even talked about psychedelics and his experience, particularly with psilocybin, a little bit with ayahuasca, and also integrating that with float tank therapy, which was a really fascinating angle on it. And This is just a really amazing podcast. What else can I say? This is definitely worth your time. I know that you are going to get so much out of it. I'm going to actually go back and listen to this when I'm done with the interview and I upload this. I'm going to listen to it just like I'm listening to any other podcast because the nuggets of wisdom are deep and profound and wide ranging. And uh, there's going to be so much here that really triggers a motivational impulse in you to better your life in all areas and really make those changes that you're looking to make in your life, not later, but right here, right now. So enjoy this conversation between me and my good friend, Chris Dufay. Chris Dufay, welcome to the Life Mastery Podcast in your recording studio here in Austin, Texas. Um, So happy to have you. Thank you, dude. I appreciate you. I appreciate you wanting me here with you. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this and I will not take this as my recording studio, but it's definitely an Airbnb that I've booked and it's turned out to be really good. Yeah. And so for everyone listening, um, Chris came here from Australia and he's been interviewing just a ton of amazing influencers and coaches and entrepreneurs and luminaries in the transformation space. And you're on a tour right now. We just did an amazing podcast for your podcast, and now we're flipping the script, and you are on the Life Mastery Show. And so let's start with that theme, mastery, life. Mm. Um, it's a deep one. It's a mm. deep rabbit hole. It's, it's a mutual resonance point between you and I. I think we, we got deep into that on many subjects like life and mastery as separate and intertwined concepts. So I'd love to know what does mastery mean to you? It's a beautiful question to kick us off, dude. Mastery to me is an innate calling for what I want in life that matters to me most. Mm. Mastery is me being able to show up to serve others and to serve myself in the best capable way that I can in a moment to moment fashion. Mastery to me is what I want out of life. Mm. Because to me, it points to 
the willingness to go to uncomfortable places, the willingness to learn, the willingness to open myself up to be able to receive from whom and what I need to receive from as well. Mm. And so I feel a very, a desire, a calling for mastery. It's something that I just feel really like, mm. I mm. want more of that. Yeah, I want more of that. And I dedicate my days to mastery as well. And I feel like I am able to do that in a proficient way as well, because mm. I've gotten much better in knowing the truth to myself and what matters yeah. to me as well. So therefore I'm very aligned mm. with what I do mm. so that I can attain mastery. And it's something that is on top of my mind every single day. Amazing. What stops people from achieving mastery? Being unfocused, uh. being undisciplined, not having the time, attention, the awareness, the practice, the skills to know with inside what it is that you want at the end of the day. So even if we start with the concept of like, do I want what I want? And starting there. Yeah. And really unpacking that. Like, I am not shitting you. I sat on the plane yesterday, got my journal out yeah. and wrote at the top. Yeah. What do I want to want? And I started to unpack that again because it's something that I feel like needs a continuous touch basis with it as well. Mm. And so therefore, once I'm clear with what I want and it not being something of a mimetic effect mm. because I'm just being influenced from outside people and outside sources, because I very much had that as well. And again, through kind of like this chapter change of life, I've really come to this, whoa, hang on. And it's actually funny because we briefly spoke about on uh, when I was interviewing you, but this session that I recently had like with this lady mm -hmm. going through some mm -hmm. stuff, it was very woo, but very awesome at the yeah. same time. We love that stuff. Oh, I totally do. And I, I can, I love playing in that world also. Yeah. But for me, it was, this is the first time in my life that I'm actually asking, what does Chris want? Mm. <clears throat> Damn, it was scary when I was like, whoa, hang on, like, okay. It's really the first time I feel like I'm consciously with awareness being able to ask, what does Chris want? It's why I'm here right now, because this is what Chris wants. Mm. This is one avenue for me to attain mastery is I'm literally making the investment of money and time and energy and the sacrifice so that I travel the world to sit down with amazing people to have the conversations mm. I want to have with uh, these people because very much like the Christopher Dufay show, the podcast, the YouTube, everything that I share publicly, it's literally a selfish way for me yeah. to be able to better myself. Totally. And I just want to be able to kind of like leave breadcrumbs and I want to be able to leave and teach the lessons that are essentially I'm just learning for myself as well. Yeah, likewise. I mean, that's really the best way to start a podcast. If you start a podcast because it's, going to be a marketing strategy or it's going to be a business or anything. Those are all byproducts and those are all obviously like the utilization of a podcast for a business or a brand, but that's not why you start a podcast. I, I don't know if I've ever made any money out of my podcast. I've promoted things, but I don't know if, if anything's translated. I don't do the metrics, but I've done 300 plus podcasts since 2016 and I've kept it going because it's a passion. And like you said, like sitting here with people, it's like I get to connect with people that I would never have been able to connect with under most circumstances if it weren't for me having the podcast. Mm. And now some of those people, such as yourself, have become very dear friends of mine. I find it very interesting. So the, I think two, two things come up for me when you say that is so many of my great friends have come through some sort of podcast yeah. interviewing content creation world of some sort which I just find really cool. So really interesting. Totally, like it's impeccable how these worlds intertwine and just how amazing it is. But also I started my first podcast in 2014 and Johnny Bowden was my first guest that I ever had. Pretty cool dude to like kick everything off with as well. I very much did it for the business side of things, right? So 
don't get me wrong. I'm very good at business and yeah. I can be very knowing on mm. what works, what doesn't work, how to build a business, all of that kind of stuff as well. Very intellectual in that side of business stuff sure. that I have been. And now I'm weaving, dare I say, the heart and the soul into it also now. Uh-huh. But I know that I've made millions of dollars through my podcast, buy through a byproduct as well. And obviously this isn't something that we're going to get into because I don't really care about it anymore, to be honest. Mm. But like a podcast, and especially from a case of point of a business owner running a podcast, it is a great lead nurturing tool, not a great lead generation tool. Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Right? So yeah. it's like, I'm not, you don't start a podcast, especially today, you don't start a podcast because I'm wanting to get millions of people listening to my stuff. And I dare say as well, this is actually something I was doing on not that long ago, was if you are creating content and it's getting viral uh, audience to it, you're actually not being specific with your content because most of the people, especially in the world that I'm with, do you know what I mean? Like entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, it's a case of your actual market, right? Like if we were to speak for you right now, if we were to be like, all right, your yeah. market of men that you want to mm. be able to get into this men's program that you're going to be able to sure. open up with very soon, the actual TAM, total addressable market, is very small, right? Right. So if you're having millions and millions of people, do you know what I mean, actually uh, watching and getting onto your content, it could be because it's too broad and it's not specific enough. And maybe you only want 200 views, right? Because... The funny thing is, I've if you're if you're like if you're single-mindedly focused on a particular niche, right? Totally. Whereas, like, I I have a broad like. Oh yeah. I, so it's a, that that's an, another interesting thing. I just mm. think it's fascinating, like, because we're multi-dimensional. I think there's a multi-dimensionality, meaning multiple dimensions or ley lines of focus of interest that goes into our work. So, for example, my work has multiple focuses. Mm. There's multiple messages that are that are kind of interwoven right so that so it's kind of like i think there's also like an there's something emerging too there's something new that's emerging out of the specificity that's becoming like like general but it's it's integrating if that makes sense it totally does and i think the root of this and it's a case of why are you doing what you're doing and if someone's like i want to start a podcast because I want to build my business, which I think the majority of people do, or they're, or they're wanting it to be monetized in yeah. some way, which I think is ludicrous because they don't even know what their economic model is, what they're right. trying to do. Yeah. Right. But it's a case of if someone's like, oh, I want to start a podcast because I want to get more clients on, do you know what I mean? Like this sort of world, right. it could very much be, well, do you know I mean? Like as Buddha said, it's not the outcome of an action that makes it a success. It is the motivation behind it. So mm. what's happening is the motivation behind doing that is wrong because you're not mm. actually best serving yourself. But in this scenario, because I, I, I don't sell anything, right? So like my content and because we are multidimensional and I want to speak to those multidimensions of everything because this is just what fascinates me. Totally. It's what I care about. Yeah. It's a case of... I'm not selling anything and I'm just talking to these things, come along for the ride, learn what you can for it. Amazing, do you know what I mean? But I think when it comes to like doing, starting a podcast and um, wanting to build a business out of it, I think there's a lot of people that are doing it with the wrong motivation. Okay, okay, got it. There's a mad tangent just from the get-go. That's no, cool. and that's great. It's, <laughs> well, I, well, selfishly interesting to me too and I think for a lot of people listening, probably people that listen to podcasts um, understanding the, the mind behind it and the motivation behind it. Um, okay, well, I'd love to have that conversation with you later. Yeah, cool. Um, so back on this theme of mastery. So, so we talked about like what mastery is to you, what, what stops people from mastery. Then you brought up this idea of wanting what I want. That, that really struck a chord with me, and I, I, I understand the deeper kind of notes of what that means. Maybe we can just unpack that a little bit. So, so the discovery process of wanting what I want, 
for some people, they might hear that and be like, okay, it sounds like it makes sense. It sounds like it's deep, but I don't, I it's like a cognitive like schism. I can't actually, wanting what I want, what the heck do you mean? Want, wanting what I want, I want what I want. But do you really, that's, do you really want what you want? That takes work to unpack. That's where, do you know what I mean? Silence, stillness, spaciousness, doing the work, journaling, awareness, practices of whatever it comes to, and trial and error, using feedback from the world, reality, to be able to help you navigate that as well. And I, I think that's where it's a case of like, if someone's like, oh man, Chris, I don't know really what I want right now. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. It doesn't make you a bad person. Yeah. You're still a beautiful human being no matter what. It's just gonna take some steps moving forward and you'll take a couple steps and you'll stumble to the side and that's okay, you get back up and you figure it out. And I think that's what comes with wisdom mm. is being able to know that, do you know I mean? Like, and I think far too many people are trying to attain knowledge, but they're not trying to mm. have that informative turn to the transformative and have that as wisdom, do you know I mean? Like, right. Knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah to totally. That's Dude, a great like, analogy. It's just, like a, it's just a case of being able to apply <laughs> the things that you know into real life so that you are living right. a better life and showing up better. Right. And wisdom is philosophy like experienced, something like that. Like, it's like <clears throat> you can have a philosophy and, and God knows everybody does and many have conflicting philosophies and they don't know because they don't know what they want. Well, for me, it's the, the, the integration and the difference between phronesis and Sophia. So philosophia, which is a love uh, of wisdom, uh, Sophia, uh, uh, do you know what I mean, can talk more to the intellectual, heady, academic side of things when someone may think of like philosophy but where I also, and I think I lean a little bit more towards and maybe just what interests me more is more phronesis, the Greek word of like practical philosophy. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like how does this apply to me today in this situation, to what I'm doing, to where it is that I want to go, to what I want to attain, like what does that really look like? Yeah, relevant wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, amazing. <laughs> um, Talk to us about the work that you're doing now. Well, actually, listen, listen, before we go there, like, catch us up a little bit, because I know you've gone through some big transitions. Mm. And for everyone listening, so me and Chris met in Bali, Indonesia, mm. when we were both out there. We were connected through our mutual friend, Josh Trent. Mm -hmm. And the moment you and I connected, it was just like instant, like instant kindred souls, brothers, just instant connection. We went deep right out the get-go. I was going through a lot of very confusing transitions in my interpersonal reality. Mm. And, um, and you also were in the process of selling uh, a big company that you had built and then also an identity, a brand, a mission and a message that was interwoven into it. And you're a father of four, four daughters, um, you know, loving husband, devoted, all the, you know, like all the things that like, like the consummate masculine would represent. Like in, in really holding it too, like in a, in a very powerful way and also super humble and loving and all, all the things like just, um, so I honor you for that. And also just, just kind of catching people up on like who you are as, as we kind of spelunk into this conversation. Thank you, dude. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for seeing me and thank you for saying those kind words. It's, uh, in a super tight nutshell, um, do you know what I mean? The last... 10 to 11 years has been a very interesting cycle, a chapter to my life where I left Sydney. I ran a personal training business uh, in Sydney to move to Dubai. I ran a fitness business in Dubai and also lived there for two years. I burnt out. I moved to Bali uh, in 2014, 2014 I think it was, and um, lived there for nine years. Uh, in which where I then transitioned from running a fitness business to running a business coaching business that turned into the company that I sold at the end of last year, 
which was something that I'd wanted to have done for a little while. I struggled with the belief in myself. Was yeah. I worthy? Was I good enough mm. to be able to do that sort of thing? It's such a, like I got told by so many people, you can't sell a coaching business. Like no one sells a coaching business. But I was like, no, I want to do this. This is something that I, I, I want to do. And I was directed towards that. Uh, did it very successfully, great transition. But then also during this chapter, I am a father of four daughters. My wife has had five pregnancies. There was one miscarriage wow. along the way as wow. well. Um, I'm blessed. My daughters are just amazing. They're, they're just incredible human beings and they are great teachers to me. And I, I love being their father. I find it a huge blessing. Mm. And it was very much this, my wife and I uh, decided that we didn't want to continue living in Bali full time. And so we, we struggled with, it's such a shitty first world problem to be perfectly honest, but it was like, where in the world do we live? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like we, can yeah. literally, we could literally just walk onto a plane and go and live anywhere. And so it was also through then the dynamics and the, do you mean the, the, the organism of our family will, what best serves my four daughters and my wife, these five incredibly important people in my life. I, I've got to look after these five. Five. And what does that look like? And so uh, we moved to Australia. We bought this property in Sunshine Coast of Australia at the end of 2019. Um, so we moved back there and it's been incredible because we've only been back for a few months now. And my wife has never been happier than I've ever seen before. Like really? She's levitating with happiness. And mm. my girls are just, they're just super happy. We've got them into this Steiner school that was kind of like our dream school that we wanted mm -hmm. them to be able to go to. The community that we've moved back to, like these amazing friends that are, are there in our community, they're just nothing short of impeccable. And I will admit, Ronnie, and to anyone that's listening or watching with us as well, um, like my wife turned around and she was just like, thank you so much for the life that you've provided for us. Like, this is amazing. She sent me a message last night saying the exact same thing. And, as a husband and as a father and as a mm. man, it's one of the best feedbacks. I was like, wow, all mm. of that literal bloodshed and mm. pain that I've gone through in this time, all worth it, totally mm. cool. But do you mean, send me back out the battle, I'll do it all again. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that was how mm -hmm. refreshing that felt to kind yeah. of like get that scene back to me. Um, but also, um, I've got to figure out myself now. Mm. I felt like I've taken care of my daughters and my wife. And then I, then I literally, I'm like, oh, what about Chris? What does Chris want? Do you know what I mean? What, mm -hmm. what, what's the life that I want to lead and live now also? Um, and so me, I'm packing this. And this is why I want to talk about this publicly because I feel like there were so many other conversations, especially with men, that, especially successful entrepreneurial men. I've had many many, many, many conversations mm -hmm. as of late where I feel like these men are lost. Mm. They are having a meaning crisis. Mm. They're having a problem where more success, more money, more accolades, more achievements does not fulfill what I'm calling the God-shaped hole that they have inside of them as well. Right, you can't stuff more cash into that hole, doesn't fix the problem. Mm -hmm. So what do you do in that case as well? And so for me, it's like, oh wow, this is really interesting, kind of like this outside feedback that I'm getting from the world and how I'm feeling and what I'm going through as well because you know what, I would not have been able to say this not that long ago, but I, I know that I'm worthy and that I'm good enough and I have built an amazing life. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. when I look mm -hmm. at the wheel of life, um, it's incredible. I'm incredibly grateful. Like yeah. I'm financially free. I, I, I did an, uh, a video not that long ago talking about how for me, and I got this from a mentor of mine, Sharan, love you, Sharan, is... Uh, Financial freedom is having 200% uh, passive income coming as being able to pay for what life costs. Do you know what I mean? So for us as a family of six, living the life that we want to, mm. I now have a passive income that is over 200% of that. Do you know? I don't have to work for money, but what's very interesting is I'm now working more than I was working 
before mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I'm so goddamn into what I'm doing now yeah. and and finding my way as well. Don't please don't think that I've got the answer because I'm definitely not. I'm fumbling mm -hmm. my way, especially mm -hmm. in this kind of section now. But so what I've come to and why I share that is so I can give it context to my thinking around this and to help people piece this together for themselves is I thought of we need two machines in our lives. There's a money-making machine and there's a meaning-making mm. machine, right? Mm. And most people think they've got to be in those same circles together, right? How I make money and how I make meaning in my life have to come from the exact same things. Right. And I just sat back and I was like, hang on. No, I don't agree with that. I think that is incorrect. There is a mm. spectrum mm. and it depends. Mm -hmm. Do you mean for you, for me, for everyone else? Sure. What does that actually look like? And so for me, I actually found that my money making and my meaning making are actually quite separate things. Okay. Right? So when it comes to what is Chris doing now, there is the behind the scenes stuff that I don't really talk about publicly, which is the work that I do with my partners, right? So I now partner with amazing people, coaches, experts, consultants, that sort of jam where they need to be in their zone of genius. Mm -hmm. They're typically, they're running a fairly successful to a successful business, but they're having a problem growing and scaling their business because the business stuff isn't their actual forte, yeah. right? Yeah. So they could be this absolutely amazing content creator on this one specific field or topic. But when it comes to actually building a true, sustainable, real business that can operate, do you know what I mean? That's not their forte. And you know what? This is where I was like, why the fuck does everyone think we're supposed to be able to be great at everything? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, no. you're supposed right. to be absolutely good at everything. It's like, no, it's, it's quite a unicorn fallacy at the mm -hmm. end of the day with what that looks like as well. So what's been really interesting is now I kind of come in at, I don't even know what the label is, but essentially there's kind of like a coach consultant role that I come in as to be able to help people grow and scale their businesses and take all this stuff off their plate that isn't their forte, that is my forte, mm -hmm. and I best mm -hmm. be able to support them to be able to grow and it's worked out well, so far, marvelously. Um, it's really cool. But then the meaning making, well, that's what we're doing here. This is why mm -hmm. I had to decide and I was like, what is it that I want to do? How do I obtain mastery in the areas mm -hmm. of life that I truly want to obtain mastery in? And for me, it was coming to the decision. And this is where like, to be perfectly honest, this year is an experiment. And so ask me next year and I can have a completely different answer. But this year, I'll have a few shooting trips lined up where I do you mean travel the world, do exactly this, have these amazing conversations, and then I go back into my cave, mm -hmm. back into my other world, mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? Yeah. And happily living that day-to-day -day life as well. So there's, there's kind of these really two lives yeah. that I'm kind of like toggling between as well, which is where one side of me very much wants to be in my cave, in my home office by myself, do you know what I mean? Being able to do that sort of work with what it is, but then also very much being here, wanting to be able to integrate and learn and communicate with other people mm -hmm. um, because it lights yeah. me up at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. There's multiple facets to all of us. There is. Yeah, we all we have alter egos. Yeah. Right? The alter ego effect. Yeah, dude, Todd Herman wrote the alter ego effect and he's a beautiful human being. And that book, changed me dramatically that book changed me dramatically so interesting Todd <laughs> yeah yeah maybe let's talk about that for a moment like the different the different hats or the different the different um ego identifications that we we transition between based on the context of whatever it is that we're doing mm -hmm. so our work life our home life our family life our you know, there, there, there's all these different, a lot of people, I feel like they, they, they feel like they have an identity crisis or identity conflict, or they don't know how to reconcile like between the light, their, their authentic self and authentic self, their shadow, their addictive self, their healed self. Like there's, the, there's all this language around all this kind of thing, mm. these different compartmentalized selves, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, I am curious what your perspective is on any of that. If you have any in your own experience. Well, I think we have an identity crisis because the story we tell ourselves about ourselves is incongruent. Yeah, okay. And that's where that starts. And so that's where we have to start to be curious 
you know, loving, attentive, um, generous, receptive way for ourselves and understanding what we're going through. And so for me, I very much wanted to be as, as aware and as conscious as possible, being like, okay, I'm, I'm wrapping up a chapter of my life and I'm opening up a new chapter. Who is, who is this other person? <laughs> and what was amazing, like yeah. we briefly touched on this in the, um, the interview that I did with yourself. And so my wife and I, we've been married for over 11 years now. And only recently having gone through some hard stuff that I never thought I'd ever go through, but going through some stuff where we now are like, what do I say? Like we're like dating each other again. And we're like seeing each other for who we are here now. Now, not the previous. Would you version. say that was like a death? Oh, it's totally. Like you guys, both of you, went through some like relational type of death. Totally, hundred okay. percent. Yeah. Like one of the hardest things by far that we've ever gone through as a relationship. Best thing that ever happened. Best thing that ever happened. Okay. And for me, it was a case of. I truly chose Lauren as my wife, my partner, my queen. I truly chose the life that I want to live moving forward and, and then getting more clear clarity and respect for who I am. And you didn't as well, like at a deeper level. Yeah. Than totally. you had before. To, to who I am now. To who, oh, God, okay, gotcha. Do you know the version I mean? like, of you who, now had to, had to reinitiate yourself. Who, Who's this person that I have created with as much conscious awareness that I could have today? Yeah. Like, who is this person? Because I see, like, I see photos of previous me, and I'm like, I can't even relate to that dude. Who the hell is he? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's been these evolutions of who I think we mm. should mm -hmm. be unraveling because yeah. that's what we do at the end of the day, and I don't want to become the same person. And I just want to do that to my best ability so that I can I mean, serve others and serve myself and be able to lead a life where I, I can say to myself, I love myself and mm. I love my life. Mm. I want to be able to do that. And at the same time, do you know what I mean? Like, man, over the last couple of months, I've had suicidal ideation come back up for me as well. And it scared the fuck out of me. Scared the fuck out of me. Because again, it was a case like I've, I've been diagnosed with depression before and that scared the fuck out of me. Yeah. And I know there's that dark side there. There's that dark wolf mm, mm, that's there. Mm. And I don't want to depress or suppress that part. I want to give it light and love and also know that it's there. But also I want it to know who's dominant as well. And by focusing on who it is that I want to be able to be. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. there is the ebbs and flows and this is where it's like, I'm very much leaning more like as kind of like what are my philosophies with life? I think it's very much a case of as well, like there is just one wave and there are crests and there are troughs mm. and it's the part of the same thing, dude. Mm. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like you have to take the crest with the trough. Right. You can't have a crest unless you have a trough. You can't have the happiness unless you have the sadness. It's, it's, it's all in the one. So it's very much coming back to, again, what the wisdom traditions have always pointed out for a very long time, just being a case of this is a part of life. You're going to have all of these ups and downs and that's totally cool. That, that's nature to life. Mm. That's natural. Do you know what I mean? And I think where we can cause so much suffering for ourselves is when we don't, Except that there are going to be these crests and these tres, uh, <laughs> these crests and these troughs. Totally. And uh, that has just brought so much more peace to me. Wow, this is super fascinating. Um, yeah, and it feels very relevant to me too. Like you mentioned, having suicidal ideations, I noticed some of that energy kind of slip in weeks ago, even recently. And then like, it felt like at some point I just kind of popped through some, some energetic smog portal that was kind of compressing the energy of me and those around me. And, um, yeah, just kind of leaving a little bit of a, like a dark shadow, but it, but it also felt like something was expanding and trying to grow through it too. Mm. And then at some point it just shifted and then 
was like right out of it, but had fully recognized like going through it. It wasn't like I was just out of it and that was it. It was like I recognized going through it and then coming out it felt more integrated, more refined, more molded, more deepened, more sovereign within myself mm. and just shifted, fundamentally shifted. Cool. And then I also realized like, okay, like we don't go back now. Mm. Like now we, 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 we know the lesson. So now I don't want to take this for granted. And I think that's the, that's like the underlining deeper point that I'm hearing also is like, now that I've had the, the, the experience of the down, like the really down, like I've been down before, but whoa, I was even like to have that experience again, probably feels like even more like of a vulnerability. Now that I've had that experience and I'm on the other end of it, it does create this, um, this, uh, like recognizing the fragility and the impermanence of life and recognizing the sensitivity of it. Mm. Um, I think it does create a certain um, urgency is not the word, right word, but it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Certain gratitude, I guess. Yeah. I think there's a certain value and savings value. to it yeah. that it brings. Like I don't want to forget that when I was in depression that it felt like I was in a deep, dark ocean and I was just keeping my head above water. And yeah. any moment I was just <clears throat> going to be under and that was it. And I don't want to forget that because I think that gives me a certain value and, um, mm. mm -hmm. what's the right word? It gives me a certain, I know it gives me a certain presence. Yeah. Definitely, it's like there's a certain presence, there's a certain value, there's a certain appreciation. Appreciation, that's the word, yeah. For not. <laughs> and I think that's a good thing because that's when yeah. we don't have taking things for granted. So let's say, for example, on a very practical level then, is in a loving relationship with my wife, I always want there to be curiosity and I always want there to be appreciation for just what is, for, for who mm. that person is and for me to be able to fully accept my wife for exactly who she is and know that is exactly who she should be. Wow. That's what I want. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, this could be definitely like a teaching just on like relationships now that we're kind of going into this, this area because, I mean, you know, when, when it comes to health and particularly mental, emotional health, which leads into physical health symptoms, the number one area is, well, it's finances and also relationships, but most relationship issues, many relationship issues are a downstream of financial issues, at least many, right? How, how money kind of has like a, a stranglehold on our minds and the influence of it. Appreciating somebody for who they are and being able to see somebody for who they are and not wanting them to change like that, that's love. Like that's actually love, right? Um, what does it take for somebody to be able to see through those lenses? Uh, well, I actually think it's not seeing the lenses, but it's actually taking the lenses uh, off good call. and seeing that there is a lens <laughs> and seeing what does this lens portray when I look through it and what if I clean the lens? What do I see? What if I change the lens? What do I see? What if I keep the lens off? Mm -hmm. What do I see? And being able to then, again, having a multi-perspectival view on what reality is naturally gives us answers. Like for us to get insight, uh, you brought the alter ego effect up and this is something that I literally, Todd Herman taught me was, and I do this every single day now as a part of my journaling practice, is writing in the third person, right? So I write to myself in the third person. And what I've then recently learned why Todd is 100% correct with, do you know what I mean, dishing this advice out to me, was writing in the third person creates this like subject object relationship mm -hmm. between myself and what's going on right mm -hmm. here and mm -hmm. here mm -hmm. all around 
and then us being able to have a multi-perspectival view is what leads to insight. Mm. So I can see things that I did not see before. Right. And right. therefore I can have a transformation that was not able to be mm. had before mm -hmm. simply from that as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very much the case of one, having the awareness, oh shit, I am wearing a lens. Fuck, totally forgot because it's very easy to forget. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. And that's what do you know, in some self-awareness really does at the end of the day is to be able to see what's going on. But then being able to go a little bit deeper and then understanding, well then how do I have different views? And again, it's it like one practice, one use case scenario is journaling in the third person, for example, do you know what I mean? Another scenario, talking with a loving person that I know is gonna give shit to me straight, mm. right? Because I believe that the only real way I can know what's behind me is by you telling me, mm. right? And if someone says, oh, but if you turn around, well then there's still a behind me, <laughs> right? There's just, but the nature of the, what I can see, there's going to be a behindness to what is going on. And one of the best ways to know what's behind me is by you telling me, mm. hey, dude, this is what's going on behind you. Do you know what I mean? Oh, thanks for telling me that. Do you know what I mean? Now right. I can do something about it right. as well. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. I'm really curious, what, what are your health optimization protocols? Like you're, you're obviously super fit, super healthy, mentally, like your cognition, just like you're, you're a peak performer, like in all respects of the word in your life, especially to be able to, to hold five women at any given time of all ages, like that in of itself requires like the optimal peak performance. Yeah, there's a apparatus. lot of vagina in our household. Like, yeah. Um, so, thank you for the kind words. Uh, what is my physical optimization plan, philosophy? Yeah, how do you, how do you take care of this, this physical body of yours? The physical, mental, and emotional, I should say. Yeah, let's start with the physical. Yeah. And then let's keep unpacking from there. Yeah. Uh, someone recently said to me, it was at the gym, and someone recently said to me, he goes, man, you're in amazing shape. How do I get a body like you? And I was like, uh, don't miss a workout for 10 years and eat how you're supposed to. Don't, do you know I mean? Don't screw up. And they're like, whoa. And I'm like, well, it's, that's the truth of it, right? But how do you do that, right? Right? And I was, I was very over, I was obese, mm. right? So someone can't come to me, oh, you've always been in shape, Chris. No, I have not, right? I have created this body and I'm yeah. gonna own that fact of it, yeah. right? I'm not gonna palm that off now. Oh, it's lucky, it's genetics. It's not the case at all. Yeah. I fucking worked my ass off, right? But they're like, you're so disciplined. And I know that I am, but I think it goes beyond. And I think this is where it comes to a point of as well, getting in shape and staying in shape. Right. It's like getting money and keeping money. Cool. Totally different things. But there is the case of going from discipline to identity. Yeah. Right. I know that I'm going to weight train after we finish today. I know that. I know that I woke up this morning at 6 a.m. after having a really shitty jet lag sleep that I went and did some cardio this morning, mm -hmm. right? I didn't question it. I just did it, right? Because there is a certain level of ingrained identity that, that that's who I am. Yeah. That's what yeah. I, I tell you one thing, I don't think I've ever publicly said this. I think I've only really said this to like one of my partners. Um, and every morning in my journaling, I ask myself a question and that is, I will achieve what I want because. Mm, mm. My most common answer to what I write down to I will achieve what I want because, it's just who I am, it's just what I do. Mm, mm. I'm ingraining on a daily level that mm. there is no friction behind yes, it. There yes. is no like, oh, I've got to work hard for it. No, it's just who I am. It's just what I do, mm. right? It's the justness, that word just, in like putting that into that sentence, I find extremely powerful because it's just what I am. Like you just, it's, it's who I am, it's right. what I do, it's just who I am, it's just what I do. Suddenly there's this ease that just like drops away from it. Mm. Do you mean? It's like you're letting go of this baggage and hardness. And especially because yeah. for me, I know that I can 
I can step into the warrior archetype really goddamn easy and I can play that role really well and just make shit hard. Do you know what I mean? Like I used to know that I was just point me in the right direction. I will run through walls and I will make it happen if that's what needs to happen. Do you mm -hmm. mean like I will do that? Um, and I'm very happy that I went through those processes and those experiences where I had to do that to know that. But what was very interesting was I had to put that warrior down mm. so that I could pick another archetype, another identity up to then be able to continue on with my successes, to continue on to be the person that I wanted to be. Do you know what I mean? I know that he's there. I know that I can flick the switch and turn him on when I need to, but I don't need him. Do you know what I mean? Right now with so much of what I do. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to the physical side of things, and I know people are probably wanting a bit more of a, like the nitty grittiness of like what actually really happens. Um, I think the basic principles are really going to be, I, I don't eat like an asshole. Mm. I eat the foods that I know that are best for me. And I very rarely stray from that because for me, the, the hangover mm -hmm. of eating something yeah. that I know is not the best thing yeah. is not, actually it goes to something interesting I realized a little while ago, the hangover from eating something that I know isn't the, the best thing for me, do you know what I mean? Isn't worth that momentary um, happiness. Yes. And I don't use the word joy because I think joy is more related to doing things mm. that you know are good for you in mm. truth. So it doesn't give me that momentary yes, happiness yes. because uh -huh. I know who I am, what I do and how I need to best show up, right? Yeah. But what was interesting was, and I think this is, goes into a world that is in your forte, I get a dopamine effect That's right. from doing that, right? Yeah. Where people would get a dopamine effect from like right. doing That's those right. yeah. actions, yeah, totally. having the burgers yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I get the dopamine from not having it. Totally. That's exactly right. That's very well. That's an astute observation. That's what I found really interesting. That penny dropped for me and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And the only way I've done it is just simply through practice, right? So I believe anyone's able to do that. Like you just re, you're able to like kind of like rewire yourself to be able to do that as well. Um, I don't think I do any, and this is the thing, like people really try and like, oh, what is it that you do? Like what's With your training program and all this kind of shit. And I'm like, yeah. Are you planning, are you, are you studying the metrics of your sleep rhythms and your no. brain waves? I haven't worn an aura ring for ages because I was just like, I don't care for it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. because I don't feel like, I don't feel like I need to have that data tracking in that area of my life. Do you feel good in it? that area? Uh, no, because <laughs> I have young children. <laughs> right, right. So, so does it, so in that case. But I know what to do. Right. See, an aura ring, I'm not shitting on an aura ring at all. I'm shitting on the people that constantly need that 100%. technical feedback. Yeah. Where it's like, no, I, I, I know I can kind of like, dare I say, lean on the intuitive side of things. Yes. Where it comes to what do I need to be able yes. to do? So again, like when people are like really trying to like peel back and they think there's these secrets that I've got, like, look, don't get me wrong as well. I used to be a physique coach, right? So I used to get like literally world champion models, Arab sheikhs, politicians, CEOs, like I've coached top people, right? And I did it myself to be able to compete as a physique competitor as well. Uh -huh. So I've gone through that ringer uh -huh. of doing that. So I know there's like things that I can tweak and do to be able to do it. But when people actually realize, and my wife laughs about this all the time because she sees these questions come through and what people ask me and, and it's just like- Like it's you're Ben Greenfield or something. Dude, it's the basics. I mean, I eat to nourish myself. Yeah. I train frequently and within intensity and I don't overdo things. Do you know what I mean? Um, I make sure that I take care of my sleep and there is good sleep hygiene. I very much ensure that my lifestyle, my stress management, those things are taken care of. I take some basic supplements. You brought the box of supplements that are in there. That's what I take on a daily basis, dude. Do you know what uh -huh, I mean? Like there's uh -huh. five things in there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a multi, a fish oil, a zinc, a magnesium. And I think there was curcumin in there as well. Uh, no, nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
No peptides, no stem cells. I've used peptides for years. I know how to use them as well. Like I can, I can go down that route yeah. and play those games yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. But it's also like, that's not the, the winning factor of it. Sure. Do you know what I mean? It's just having the daily rituals and routines and showing up and doing those day in, day out, yeah. when yeah. people aren't willing to do that as well. So, so in other words, whatever you do, do it fully and do it consistently. Yeah, a hundred percent. Unless someone wants to get into really good shape, my advice will change. Sure. This will get a little nitty gritty. Sure. So we'll jump in, then we'll jump back out, right? And so let's say someone's like, I want to get sub 10% body fat. I want to mean have a decent amount of muscle on myself. I really want to look good. And it's like, okay, I do believe in that case, yeah. sprint. Yeah. Sprint to get to that destination. Work your Is that ass because off. of thermogenesis? Uh, no, I think it's because you need to like you need to force your body oh, to go through the Momentum. adaptations. You, uh, where people just like half ass it uh, through. Do you know what I mean? Like people yeah. will get like how many people right now? This could be you, the viewer and listener, right? Could be like, oh, I'm still kind of in the same shape that I was last year, but yep. I've been wanting to get in better yep. shape. Well, you've half asked it. Do you know? <laughs> it's the truth. You've half asked it. If you had truly done what you needed to have done, you would have gotten the result at the end of the day. Now, there is obviously a, a mindset part to what goes on as well for us to do what it is that we need to be able to do. But if someone wants to get in really good shape, I say sprint, but then it's very much the case of continue doing what you can see yourself doing for the long term. Do you know what I mean? Don't try and like do these crazy diets where it's gonna give you a marginal little factor, then you're not gonna be able, it's, it's actually gonna make it harder and worse for you. Mm. So don't do that stuff. Um, mm. So that's the physical side of things. Um, I'm waiting to get a sauna and ice bath delivered to our place because I was doing that every day for years in Bali. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we've done it together in Bali. It was yeah. like, that was literally a part of my morning routine. I just felt great with that Best. stuff. Um, does anything else come up with the physical side of things? Well, I know that this might be more mental, but I know that you're into psilocybin float tanks. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, for quite some time, I was doing a weekly float tank uh, session and I'd, I was, at the time I was making my own mushroom psilocybin tea. So I'd make my own tea and I'd probably have, because I was buying the mushrooms wet, not dry, I didn't really know exactly like the exact grammage of how many mushrooms I was taking, but it was between one to two grams. And very typically I'd actually do a float tank with mushrooms on a Joe Dispenza meditation. Huh. Uh, that was a pretty awesome trio, to be perfectly honest. Um, and that was fantastic. I recently have gone back into doing float tanks and since moving back to Australia, I've got to be perfectly honest, so uh, fuck, I'm just, I'm an open book. So I didn't want to take mushrooms and have to drive a car. So driving a car on, on like Australian or American roads compared to uh, do you mean taking mushrooms and jumping on a little bike, going down some roads in Bali? Very different, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. And so I didn't want to drive a car still having what could be an effect doing of mushrooms. I didn't want to do that. Um, and also, to be perfectly honest, I couldn't get my wife to come pick me up because she'd be with our girls. So it was like just the logistics of it. And I was like, do I get an Uber? That's something I'm possibly will try. Um, but what I also have experimented for a little bit recently was actually ketamine and THC together okay. and doing yeah. some really in-depth meditations and having a, do you mean a short period of time because that's not a long acting period. So I was like putting myself in a space where I could really get into meditation with those two substances with me and found that really powerful and helpful as well. Um, then also on the flip side, I want to be very critical and skeptical of myself mm. of like, what's my cadence and what's my calendar with use of such substances, ensuring that I don't go too far down the rabbit hole sure. and go like, do you mean like, oh shit, Chris lost his shit. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Don't want sure. that. So I'm, I'm very much wanting to be aware of like, what am I doing and where does it play and these mm. sorts of things as well. Like, uh, 
we can go down the rabbit hole of psychedelics if you want to. Okay, so since we've opened up the psychedelic rabbit hole, let's, uh, let's talk about the relationship between psychedelics and self-mastery. I think that, that's something that does, those two things don't always get paired together. And for me, the reason I do psychedelic or entheogenic plant medicine work is for that. So I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. I love that you asked this question, Ronnie. Um, I love that you asked this question because this is something I want to talk more about. I want the world to know more about when it comes to this. I don't see enough people talking about this sort of stuff because for me, people can do whatever the hell they want to do with themselves as long as they're not harming other people, right? But for me, my psychedelic use is so that I can show up and better serve for the world. Period. That's the motivation behind yeah. it. I'm not in it for the shits and giggles or anything like that. Like literally every single time I take psychedelics, there is a certain nervousness uh -huh. and respect uh -huh. and appreciation uh -huh. for like, ooh, it's like, what could happen? I know, I know shit could go a bit funny. Do you know what I mean? Like it could go wrong. And I want to have that appreciation always there at forefront of my yep. mind. And especially when like recently uh, I did 5-MEO again and... For me, it's like the surrendering part, especially with that medicine. It's Absolutely. like surrender, surrender, surrender. Just like letting go, letting go and being able to do that. So I don't have this like forcefulness of me trying to grip on for dear life. Uh -huh. when you know, you're not going to be able to hold on for very long. Right. And it's only going to cause problems. So <laughs> the psychedelic use to mastery is very much something that I'm wanting to intertwine together. And it's the when it comes to like the integration, like it's a word that gets thrown around a lot in that space. For me, integration is, well, what are the learnings, the lessons, the insights, the perspectives that I'm able to take from that experience and literally apply to these different areas of my life as a father, as a husband, as an entrepreneur, as a friend, as a man, as a, all the labels that I would yeah. like to put upon myself. Yeah. So for me, it's a case of very much understanding what can I do with this? Now that I've had this experience, what is it and how does it unravel and how does it change, shape or form who I am and how it is that I do these things moving forward? And that being the work, that's the work. Right. Fucking right. putting the toad pipe to my mouth and inhaling, doing that's not the work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the roller coaster ride where you just... Try and enjoy what you can do, do you know what I mean? But the, the actual work is after it, going through that integration process um, and being able to learn what I can from it and not having to go back to it for things that I should have learned before, should right. have learned right. and applied right. before, do you know what I mean? Like it was Terence McKenna that said like, mm -hmm. do you mean once you get the message, put the phone down? Yeah, yeah put the phone down, dude. Do you know what I mean? And I think we both know a lot of people that continue to pick up the phone when they shouldn't be picking up the phone. Yeah, 100%. About that, 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 that um, picking up the phone repeatedly, that can be applied to a lot of different things. You know, getting into repeating relationships over and over because you haven't integrated and healed from the last one. You're just doing the same old dance, you know. Um, in the, in the context of uh, plant medicines or psychedelics, speak to the cautionary kind of tale of that. Because that may not be obvious this, this to everyone. Can, this shit can fuck you up. Okay. Hard. Yeah. Like, I, I heard someone say there's no such thing as a bad trip because there's always like a learning or a lesson they can take from it as well. I've, I've had a few bad trips. Yeah. I've, 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 yeah. So my experience is I've had bad trips as in they've been extremely terrifying yeah. things that I've gone through, but uh -huh. I have come out of it True. with a very great True. lesson and learning and being like, oh no, that, that was a positive, that was a net averaging up experience from me. Yeah. Right. Okay. But there's people that have literally lost their shit. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And have been harmed badly, yes. physically, mentally, yeah. emotionally, spiritually from these things as well. And so for me, it's very much a case of, you have to respect yeah. what's, what you're doing with these substances, with these chemicals, with these medicines, if you want to call it. Yeah. 
So with that said, you know, one's mental stability, emotional stability, even their nervous system, physical stability, like, can you just speak to that? Every single time for me, there's always a case of a ritual of have I put myself in the best position, especially when doing ayahuasca or 5-MeO or a high dose mushroom, something like that. I have gone through a period of making sure my diet is extremely clean, making sure I'm very limited and very conscious to the information that I'm taking in from outside social media, internet, people that I'm being around as well. Yeah. Um, going through abstinence of not ejaculating for a period of time uh-huh. before it, uh-huh. wanting to have best strength with my chi and my energy, uh, wanting to ensure that I'm in the best possible state in area, in every area that I possibly can going into that with a very clear intention as to what I'm wanting to get out with it as well. Um, This isn't psychedelics, but I found this experience very interesting for me where I had a good friend of mine in Bali, Ben, and uh, he had this psychic and he was like raving about her. He was like, so, and I was like, all right, Cool, dude, I'll, I'll see this guy. I'm super skeptical, but cool. I'll, I'll, I'll do it, dude, man. I'll open up as much as I possibly can. So like, let's go. And I booked in, I was supposed to see her at Shady Shack. Do you remember Shady uh-huh. Shack? Yeah. I was supposed to see her at Shady Shack. She was gonna come and see me right for this session. And before it, I journaled and I wrote down the questions I wanted her to be able to help guide me through and answer. And something happened, she couldn't make the session, right? She had to like postpone it. And so I was sitting there at this cafe, do you know I mean, with my sparkling water and it was this beautiful place. It's very open. It's gorgeous greenery and nature around. And I was like, fuck it. I'll answer the questions myself. And so I just sat there. I was just, I was in a really nice, calm state. Wasn't rushed or anything like that. Yeah. And I just started to answer the questions myself. And I felt like I got the exact clarity that I wanted from it. Amazing. Amazing. And I felt like it was because I had myself in the state with the intention of what I wanted that I could kind of like tap into something where I wouldn't normally be able to tap into as well. If you were handing your power over outside of yourself. Yeah. And so I think that's a case of like, yeah, for sure, those substances, chemicals, medicines can very much do things that you can't because a change of consciousness is the thing that's, uh, do you know what I mean? Like, there's all sorts of animals that have been shown that they're looking to change consciousness. Oh, all, yeah, there, there's some type sure. of crow that tumble down roofs to be able to change their consciousness. Do you mean like dolphins suck on starfishes or something oh, to yeah. be able to change? Like, so there's, it's something that is, um, do you mean frequent throughout all, nature? All over the place, yeah. But we're very much wanting to do this, and especially in the, what's coming out with our histories hu- I mean, of humanity. Coffee, like the coffee culture, like tell me what that is. Totally. Yeah. We're wanting to change on a state of consciousness. And I think when most people hear that, they're thinking that we just want to trip balls and like right, have, right. I'm not a visual person. I, mean, either. I, I don't like visual. I don't really like get the ayahuasca ceremony, but I don't like to be walking around seeing things. Yeah, I don't. It's for me, it's, a, it's just this, it's feeling. Exactly. For me, that's what comes exactly. through. Um, but yes, I very much agree that there is a very strong level of respect and discernment that needs to be applied when doing this yeah. stuff as well. Yeah. And that's my opinion for me. Do you mean others can fucking cowboy if they want go for it? Yeah. And you can, you can, you can play in that realm and, and do that. I certainly have as well, but every time that I have, whether I'm at like a festival or something, I'm always doing some sort of deep alchemy within myself. Even if I'm having the most amazing time, I'm still, aware of the state i'm aware of the moment the energy and um it's held very responsibly even if i'm laughing having a cathartic experience it's still held and i think that's the important thing is that these these substances can teach you how to hold Mm. yourself with this onset of influxing energy it can teach you how to hold yourself if you're if you're willing to to learn, and and that's really your intent that you want to. You're you're someone that wants to master their own human experience. Yeah, yeah, you nailed it, dude. Yeah. Okay, so what is one thing that you would like to leave the audience with 
based on, and particularly based on this, this idea of life mastery. Assuming people that listen to this are on their own life mastery path, what's something that you'd love to share with them? Well, to say, to talk to what you just said then, um, in a very broad general sense, the word bhikkhu in like a Buddhist term is to talk to anyone that is on a path of enlightenment. So I like to refer to everyone as a bhikkhu because everyone's on the path of enlightenment, totally, yeah. right? Um, what I want them to leave with is a mastery of self-love and mm. for you to at least be aware and question, do you love yourself? How can you love yourself deeper? How can you fall in love with yourself? What is it that the practices that are needed to be able to do those things? So just having that awareness, yeah. just at least tingling in the background um, so that you can have that be something that is a part of your mastery. Yeah. Because I feel like if we have this mastery of wanting to love ourselves, there is a natural waterfall of goodness and truth and just uh, a serving that comes from oneself to others that yeah. just radiates from self-love as well. And that for me has been one of the hardest, most difficult, mm. most needed journeys for myself mm. is to feel worthy, mm. is to feel enough and is to be able to say in myself and to know that it rings true that I love myself. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, fully agree with that. Comes back to self-love. Mm. Seems to always circle back to that. Mm. Yeah. So where can everybody find more about you, what you have to offer, your content, the whole shebang? Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, easiest place to go to is the Christopher Dufay podcast uh, or Christopher Dufay YouTube, all the good stuff's there. That's where I want to be able to share mm. as much as I possibly can. The beauty of it is uh, I'm in a position where I make no money from that stuff. I don't want to have to make money from that mm. stuff. I invest a lot of money into doing this. Do you know what I mean? Like this trip costs me, do you mean, money to be able to do. I'm not mm -hmm. going to say a lot of money because that's only, do you know what I mean, a, a term that we label things on. But that's where I want to be able to share everything mm. that I possibly can. I want, I want to lay my heart out there and genuinely want to be able to leave a body of work that can mm. help others. Mm. And the Christopher Dufay podcast and YouTube is the best place for that. Amazing. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you, bro.